house here, <laughs> of course. But so we're talking about the house of our lives. So the house can mean our lives individually, it can mean our own households, and it can mean, mean the church, of course, the house of God, both at a local level and a global level. We believe that God wants to always be building, that God wants us to always be fruitful. He wants us to be fruitful on individual lives and, and to build our lives, you know, to, to, to build our households. God believes in household salvation. As Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And God wants his church to grow and his kingdom to be built, both at a local level across the UK and, and worldwide. God is always wanting his house to be built. So you can look in different contexts, house of our lives, our house being our, our households, those people that we live with, or, or our spouses and children, um, and then the church locally and globally. So I just want to look at kind of one um, aspect of that, about what God wants to do. And I believe it's a good thing to look at in it as we enter a, enter a new year as well. It's to look at new beginnings and look at new beginnings in God. Now, no, of course, we know that God operates completely outside of time. He doesn't operate by calendars. To God, it's like it's not really relevant that it's January because God operates outside of time. But for us, in the way we measure time, you know, of course, it is relevant. We've gone to a new year, but it's a good time as you go into a new year to just kind of reflect on um, where things are at and where things are at in your life and about and what you know God wants to do uh, in your life, kind of what the next steps are in him. So that's what we're going to kind of look at tonight, look about new beginnings, restoration, and just all the great things that, that God desires to do in your life. Amen. Amen. So so, so new beginnings. Now, a few years ago, myself and Wendy, we lived in um, Swansea in South Wales. That's a long story how we ended up being there, so we're not going to go into all the details of that. Um, but we did live there for a, a few years. And one thing that was happening in, in Swansea, I just want to give you a kind of practical analogy, one thing that's happening in Swansea is it's kind of a lot of old buildings and a lot of old houses. Um, a lot of old terraced houses are kind of built for the docks, similar to some areas in Southampton. Um, it's kind of built built around uh, for the docks. And there's a lot of old houses that have kind of become quite dilapidated. So one thing that was going going on kind of while we lived there is there were kind of whole areas of Swansea um, where they're kind of getting demolished. Um, you know, where they rehouse people and they, they demolish existing housing and replace it. Um, with brand new housing it was more economical actually to demolish they were in such a bad condition because they were just so old and built before building regulations and all those kind of all those kind of issues and um, it was actually cheaper just to demolish them and, and, to, and to build new houses in their place rather than to just to just to renovate them that would have been incredibly expensive so um, yeah so they made that choice basically to to replace replace those houses and you know when it comes to our lives you know, that's what, like what God does with us. You know, pre-God, our lives were in, in such a state. You know, our, our life was like, like filthy rags. You know, the Bible Bible says, you know, we're, we, we're in darkness. We, well, we were in sin. You know, and God didn't make any attempt to renovate the existing part of our life. Well, God says, I'm going to do something brand new. You're going to actually become a brand new creation. Because that actually ends up doing a much better job. It's, a, it's actually a much more simple job than if you just had to fix every single area of our lives. They said, no, you're a brand new creation. Obviously, I don't mean our personality and, and stuff has it's disappeared. But, um, you know, spiritually, who we are is totally gone. The old is gone and the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We talk about this lots as a, as a church. There, Paul says, therefore, as anyone in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. God does a full replacement job. He doesn't do a renovation job. He doesn't do a refurbishment job, 
then he, he does a, a complete um, repeat replacement, makes it completely new. And that's what he's done with our lives. He's made them completely new. I don't know about you, but I'm so pleased <laughs> about that. I'm so thankful for God uh, for God doing it. He didn't just patch up things here and there. No, he said, no, the old is gone and the new is here spiritually. You are a brand new creation. And I'm just so, I'm just so pleased about that. And, you know, God specialises in new beginnings. God, God loves new beginnings. God is always doing a new thing. You know, one of the amazing things about God is, of course, we know that he is, he is God. He does not change. Malachi 3 verse 1 says that I am the Lord. I do not change. It's very clear that God in his character and his nature doesn't change. But, but in terms of what he does, it's always changing. He's always wanting to do new things and to do fresh things and, and, and to bring life. That's kind of what I'm going to look at uh, this evening. And just kind of as well, just prophesy this over your life for 2021. You know, 2020, you know, we said this at the end of at the end of 2020, Sunday night local kind of prior to Christmas, you know, it's, it's been a very, it was a very, very weird year. There's no point kind of being around the bush about these things. It was a very, very strange year and things are still strange. You know, now we're in 2021, things are still kind of very unusual at the moment. But we're believing that God's going to do some great things this year. I'm believing that God's going to do some great things in your life. Because remember the house, we're about the house, building the house. That God's going to do some great things as he builds the house of your life. As he's going to do some great things in your household and he's going to do great things um, in our church locally and, and across the world as well we're believing for, but we're going to talk specifically about you know what he's going to be doing in family church waterside you know during during this time and in in, in the months ahead you know and that's that's why we set aside this few weeks at the beginning of the year just to focus on god at this time of prayer and fasting to show god that we're serious we're not we're not bending god's arm you can't bend God's arm if you think that you can <laughs> make God do something then that is not how God operates but he absolutely loves faith it's faith that gets God's attention and when we pray and fast in faith show God that we're serious that's when uh, that's what God that's the kind of prayers that get God's attention amen and he answers you know when we pray the prayer of faith so God specializes in new beginnings and I believe that God wants to see new beginnings in your life uh, in your children uh, in your finances and, and just in just in your world, but God wants to do new things. But He specialises in new beginnings, and He's already shown that that's true by what He's done in your own life. Amen. Praise God. You know, I particularly want to look at Isaiah forty-three, verse sixteen to nineteen. If you know me, that you'll know this is one of my favourite passages of Scripture. But it says this: This is what the Lord says: He who made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. He drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What a, what a great scripture. So, so the context of what, what God was saying here to the, to the people of Israel is firstly, in verse 16 and 17, he was reminding them of what he'd already done. He'd reminded them about how he'd still already miraculously brought them out of Egypt. And of course, you know, the, the story, of course, of the 10 plagues of Egypt, recorded in Exodus, and there's the 10 plagues of Egypt, and Pharaoh finally changed his mind. And then there's also the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea. And as they cross the Red Sea, as well, all of Pharaoh, Pharaoh and his army are completely destroyed. So God kind of deals with it all in one, one foul swoop, and it's amazing. And you know, and those, those their enemies, or those particular enemies, anyway, were yeah destroyed forever. So firstly, God's reminding Israel about what He's done. He's kind of 
essentially building faith in them, just reminding them what he's done. This is the God who he is, this is what he's already done in their lives. But then after saying all that, so you know, I drew out the chariots and horses and I made a way through the sea and all these, these great things that I did for you. He then says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. So I think it's interesting that, that God said that. You know, he's, he, God, you know, God's the one who's just brought these things up. And now he's saying, now I've brought these things up about how great I am and the great things I've done for you, but, but don't focus on them. And it kind of seem, can seem like a bit of a contradiction. But I just, so I just want to kind of speak into that first. Because because God, well, yes, absolutely was reminding them of who he was and what he'd already done for them and for them to be thankful for it. And of course, we should always be thankful for what God's done for us already. But he was saying, but I don't want you to be stuck in the past. Do not do not dwell on the past. Do not do not live in that in that zone of what I did in the past, because I still want to do new things in you. I've still got new beginnings for you. There's things I still want to restore and, and redeem. And there's, there's there's new things I want to do, the things that I want to create a new start for you. And I just uh, things I want to change in your life. So he wanted them to the Israelites to focus on what he was going to do next. You know, this is my observation. It's not in any way a judgmental observation. It just is an observation uh, as a pastor. Um, is, that, is that too many Christians sometimes they live stuck in the past, and they kind of live in in a in a place of what God was doing, you know, five years ago, or what God was doing ten years ago. You know, whether that's what God was doing in the church or what, even what God was doing in their own lives. But they kind of live a bit stuck in the past. And what God's saying here is that this is not, that's not what I want you to do. Be thankful for the past. Absolutely. Should we thank God for the past? Always be grateful for what he's done and what he's done. And I'll absolutely. But should we live stuck in the past? Absolutely not. That's going to give you all sorts of issues and going to restrict you from walking in and stepping into all that God has for you. Because God wants to do a new thing. As we come into 2021, God wants to do a new thing in your life. A new thing in your household, your finances, your job, your workplace, in your family. Amen? Praise God. So God has already done an amazing new thing in your life by saving you. Remember, the old is gone and the new has come. But he wants to continue to do new things in your life. He doesn't need to save you again, but he wants to continue doing new things in you and through you. Amen? God wants to do new things in us as, as a church. Obviously, the last... last uh, Eight, uh, ten months or so have been very unusual in terms of you know for family church waterside as it has been for across family church and for all churches pretty much across the world i guess um but god wants to do new things in us as a church god wants to use us for his glory and just because we can't meet on sundays although of course we'd love to be doing that that's 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 only right um you know we'd love to be meeting physically but that doesn't stop what god can do it doesn't limit what god can do you know there is nothing that can stop god and, and and all that God wants to do. There's nothing that can stop his church being built. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will stand against it. You know, no virus, you know, is going to be able to stop what God wants to do through his church. You know, even the gates of hell themselves cannot cannot stop it. So so a virus is as horrible and as evil as it is, is not going to be able to stop what, what God's purposes are in this area and, and across the earth. Amen. So God wants to do new things. So only ever look back to remember what God has done. But don't ever look back with regrets or wishing that you were still back in the past. You know, because that can be a it can be a real uh, it can be a real issue. There's a very big difference between looking back at what God has done and being and being stuck there. You know, because sometimes Christians they can miss what God has next because they're just thinking, well, God did these amazing things five years ago or or ten years ago, and yeah, thank God for them, but. Don't miss what God has for you next because you're still stuck in that place. Now, we live in a society that's kind of obsessed with 
uh, nostalgia and it seems becoming more and more, I don't know why, <laughs> but becoming more and more um, this way. Um, if any of you know our daughter Elisa, who's now, um, who's now, how old is she? 17, I should know. Um, she's now 17. She, she, she loves the 1980s. And, and this has become a, this seems to be a thing in society, isn't it, about the 1980s. And it's really odd seeing people's kind of nostalgia for the 1980s when, in kind of my generation, you grew up in the 1980s is when, when you're a child. For example, for, Elisa, for, uh, for Christmas, we've got Elisa, a record player. She loves vinyl and loves records. She loves the whole sound of it. She loves that kind of era of music. Hopefully I'm not embarrassing her right now, but she loves that whole era of kind of music. And it's, it's just kind of, a, and it was a great era. Of music in many ways not in all ways but in many ways it was um but yeah she's got a real nostalgia for that era and for that era sorry during the 1980s and our, and our society's got a bit of an obsession with nostalgia um now but when it comes to christianity there's a real danger in nostalgia and just kind of because again it gets you stuck in the past just kind of looking back oh i wish things were the way they used to be I'm not talking about pre-COVID, you know, because um, you know we do wish that we could we could meet together. Of course, we do. I'm not so much specifically talking about that. I'm just talking about just, just looking back at things in our lives or being nostalgic for the past or thinking, you know, or wish God was doing what He was doing in the 1990s or wish He was doing what He was doing 10 years ago or I wish I was much younger and and you know I was back in that place where God was doing those things in my own life 15, 20 years ago. You know, again, thank God for them, but don't get stuck there because you will limit what God can do in your life. Right now, he wants you to move on. He was making it very clear with the Israelites. Do not dwell on the former things. Amen. So don't become nostalgic as a, as a, as a Christian. Okay. Don't become nostalgic for the things that God's done in your past. Always be looking forward to, to what he wants to do next. So, so, so kind of God lays the groundwork there uh, for the Israelites and talks about the past and what he's done in the past forget the former things do not dwell on the past and then verse 19 see it says to the Israelites see I am doing a new thing now it springs up do you not perceive it I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland so firstly we need to perceive what God is doing are, are we perceiving what God wants to do in our lives are we attentive and listening as we've laid aside this time for for prayer and fasting, are we are we listening to what God wants to say? You know, we, myself and Wendy, we, in the couple of the last couple of days, and the, the things we've talked about for prayer and fasting as part of the kind of pastors' encouragements, we've just been talking about that about building your um, relationship with God, strengthening your relationship with God, and developing it further, listening out for the voice of God, having great two-way communication, us communicating with Him, Him communicating with us, and spending quality time together. That's how you. You build great relationships and it's the same with our relationship with God. So as we spend time with God, are we attentive and listening to what he wants to do? Because here God says, do you not perceive it? It's, it's a question he was asking the Israelites. And it's a question that he asked us, are you, not, are you perceiving? Are you understanding? Are, are you seeing with the spiritual eyes what God desires to do in you next and desires to do through your life? So are we attentive to what he wants to say? He makes a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland so the context context of this is you know is that god is always desiring to bring life that's one thing i think is just just amazing about god amongst all the other things that are amazing about god how he's he's just the great life bringer the great life giver he's always wanting to bring life so even in, in a wilderness and, and a wasteland and some of israel um even now and i'm sure it would be similar at that time 
were all places that were kind of desert and, and barren. And, and he said, yeah, well, I'm going to make a way in the wilderness. I'm going to bring streams in the wasteland. And as I bring streams in the wasteland, that's going to bring life. Yeah, just to use, a, again, a, a, a practical example. We had, um, I used to have some friends that lived in um, Fresno in California. And Fresno is right in the kind of in the centre of California, not, not, not near the beach. California is about the size of the UK. Um, so it's a pretty big state. Um, and right in the centre in Fresno, where summer can easily be 40, 45 degrees. And and, and those, those friends and some people from the church there, they came over to the UK to, in, in June, I think it was, kind of at June, end of June. Um, to do some missionary kind of missionary stuff here, some outreach in schools, and you know one of the things that just amazed them is when they, they came here at the end of June, is they just could not get their head around because it was a real kind of shock to them, basically how green even though it was June, the end of June, and you know it was, and it was quite warm by UK standards anyway, <laughs> quite warm, um, just how green everything was, how grass was still green, trees were still green, leaves were still green. Um, it, was, it was a little bit confusing for them because they're like, I just never, this is, this is bizarre. There's like the height of summer and everything's still green because they were used to coming from a place that's very, very hot. And they said by April, the grass is dead. Um, you know, no one has to mow their grass. It's pretty much dead by April and you just kind of hope it revives up again. Um, in the autumn, they often had hose pipe bands. They said you'd only use like one side of the street could use the hose pipes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and the other side on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And that's kind of how they had to do it. They had to ration. Uh, rationed water because um, because they just didn't have enough and the, the reason for all that of course is because the UK we are blessed if it's a blessing <laughs> it doesn't always feel like a blessing but it, it but it is a blessing in a lot of ways because um, we have we have plenty of rain and therefore all through the year generally and we do have droughts every now and then or droughts by UK standards anyway um, but everything stays pretty green even throughout throughout the summer you know we have got one of the best climates to growing stuff I think it's why people and in some people in the UK are obsessed with gardens. We've got the perfect climate, you know, for gardens and for the majority of plants. Because um, we get it's never it's never ever too hot, and we get plenty of um, plenty of sufficient rain. Anyway, so so they were just kind of like this is weird. It's, it's June, <laughs> everything's still alive and, and and looks and looks nice, but that's but that's all because of water. That's that's the kind of the essence of what I'm saying here. It's all because of rain and having plenty of rain. Because water is what brings life. And this is what, what God was saying here. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams and the wasteland. Even though there's been a kind of a desert, a desert situation, I can still make a way in there. I can bring streams in it. And as I do that, then I'm going to bring life into that barren land. There may be the heights, heights of summer and things may look dead and it may look like there's a total drought. Um, it may look like, you know, a massive desert. But I can bring life into it. And maybe there's some situations in your life and you feel that way, it may feel like a big desert, you may feel barren, it may, may, may feel dead and dry, maybe that's some kind of circumstances where you feel that way right now. But what I want to say to you is that God wants to bring life, and God wants to bring hope, and God wants to bring fruit, and he can do that by making a way in the wilderness and bringing streams into the wasteland. Water is a great life source, you know, one of the things scientists are doing is, is often looking at Mars, and they're looking at, looking at the moon, and trying to see if they can find water now whether will they ever find it or not who knows um but they're trying to find water because and the reason for that of course is because again again in the scientists in the scientist's viewpoint well unless there's water there, there cannot be any life there it is impossible for one to cope to exist without without the presence of water and so it is, it is the absolute life source it's vital for life so i just want to just do as we kind of come towards the close tonight talk about the river river of god 
and what the river of God does. And it's in the context of him making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wayside. And there's a whole section in the Bible which is recorded in Ezekiel 47 where it talks about the river of God and what the river of God does when God moves by his Holy Spirit in the water, representing his Holy Spirit, representing how God moves, it brings life. It brings it brings fruit. You know, remember tonight we're talking about new beginnings. It brings it brings newness. It brings it brings fruit. It's like you know we live in a great lovely part of the world, and and you know here we are in kind of you know, January, probably the coldest month of the year, and um, you know and the new forest is still beautiful even this time of year. But it's 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 lovely, isn't it? You know when the sun starts to come out around March, mid March, and you know things start to grow and you get daffodils start to grow, and you kind of see things and kind of leaves start appearing on trees, and you kind of see things coming back to life a lot more wildlife appears <laughs> it's kind of been hidden away over winter time and you kind of just you just see life being birthed and it's just a it's just a lovely thing just to watch and experience isn't it so but the river of god it always brings freshness and life that's what god desires to do in your life so i'm just going to read from ezekiel 47 you know it's 12 12 verses so i just want to just um expand on this this is a vision that Ezekiel has, and in his vision, this is what happens. It says, the man, in his vision, the man brought me to the, back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, where the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. Then he measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep, so basically just getting deeper and deeper. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was now deep enough to swim in, in a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? And the vision continues. Then he led me to, so he's, he's in this water and as he goes further and further into the water, it's getting deeper and deeper and, and deeper and the water is getting kind of more and more powerful in this, in this uh, picture of a river. So then he led me to the bank of the river. Verse 7, when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there, makes the salt water fresh, so where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Aglaim, probably. <laughs> there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. Verse 12, fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. So I just I wanted to read that whole that whole passage. So you see this great picture here that, that God gives Ezekiel about the river of about the river of God and about God when he moves by his Holy Spirit and when it's about water in the Bible, it's often, very often representative of the Holy Spirit and the way the Holy Spirit moves. So as the river of God or his Holy Spirit moves and, and, and works and, and operates. Then it brings life. The river of God is always bringing life. He even talks about the Dead Sea. I'm sure you may know about the Dead Sea, and it's um, the Dead Sea, and this is obviously written thousands of years ago, Ezekiel, um, but it's still called the Dead Sea. And there's a reason it's called the Dead Sea. It's so full of salt. Um, it's just thick with salt. 
um, and you can even float, lay on your back. I've never been there, but I, I, I know kind of how it works. And you know, you can lay back on your back um, and literally float because the sea is just so thick with salt. But because it's so salty, then things can't live there. There's no, there's no plant life. Uh, there's no marine life um, because it's just effectively just poisoned poisoned by the salt so this is what's been talked about here it says the water flows it enters the dead sea and then as it enters the dead sea there's a salty water there becomes fresh so in this situation there is total in this it is uh, you know physical reality of the dead sea but this picture that Ezekiel seeing as a river of god flows into the dead sea then then it just produces life where there's been total death it's so full of salt Everything's dead. No marine life, no plant life, no, no fish, anything. But as it enters there, the salty water becomes fresh. God completely changes the situation. Where there's total death, God brings total life. Swarms of living creatures then live there, is what verse 9 says. There'll be, there'll be large numbers of fish. The fishermen are going to stand along the shore. There'll be places for spreading nets because there's just going to be so many fish and there's going to be so many fish of, of diff, different kinds. So it's going to be like the fish... Of the Mediterranean Sea, which is an area just just completely full of a great place for fishing, so the Dead Sea is just going to be like that. And then even more so, then fruit trees are then going to grow along the banks because they're being because they're being watered, and as that water is bringing life, then fruit trees are going to grow on the banks of the river. And it's it's a supernatural water because their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. They'll, they'll always be fruitful. They'll be permanently fruitful. It won't be like a a seasonal thing where where you know like we have in this country, you know, where fruit grows. Uh, grows during the summer and obviously it's far too cold in winter to grow, to grow fruit so it's, it's very much seasonal isn't it when fruit grows and what's saying here but this supernatural river as it as it flows into the dead sea as, as, as that river moves it brings life and it brings permanent life it brings constant life it's, it's not seasonal these these trees are constantly being fruitful it says every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them and the fruit will serve for food and the leaves for healing so the fruit itself is, is fruit that brings life amen so this is one I kind of just want to speak over your life and, and just encourage you to believe along with myself and Wendy for this for, for 2021. That this is going to be a year of life in all the kind of the, the craziness of 2020. And we're still in a very unusual situation. Uh, and we should absolutely be praying for our government, pray for the National Health Service, pray for nurses and doctors, pray for the vaccinations, you know, pray for all this stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, be lifting up our, you know, the prime minister and all the people that have to make really complex complex decisions let's just absolutely be praying for that we believe that god's going to do some amazing things this year that god's going to do some amazing things in your life god's going to do some amazing things in our, in our church this year it's going to be a year that is fruitful for god's kingdom amen where there may have been death there's going to be life there's the situations in your life and circumstances right now that that you know are not good or, or just feel feel barren or it just to seem like they never change this year we're believing for for fruit we're believing for life, that, that God is going to bring life, he's going to make a way in the wilderness and streams in the waste. And there's a river of God, the Holy Spirit moves upon your situation. Things are going to change and they're going to radically change. Remember, God doesn't do a renovation job. He doesn't, he, he does complete replacement. He brings total life. You know, he, he, he gets rid of all the stuff that is not good and replaces it with something amazing. Praise God for that. When, you know, when God is on the move, he can and will bring life anywhere. There is no situation, no circumstance that is too, too dead or too difficult or too, or too complicated you know, for, for God to bring life in that situation. He, he specialises in that. He's a God of miracles. Amen. He can bring fruit in any situation. Praise God.
So I believe the river of God is going to move across our church this year, is going to move across your life and your household this year, and God is going to build the house of, of your life. Amen. He's going to do some amazing things in you. If a God can, can and bring, will bring life anywhere. Just thinking, as I'm coming to a close now, I said that about 10 minutes ago, didn't I? <laughs> we are coming towards a close now. Um, just thinking about the book, The, um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which many of you may know. Um, it was written by C.S. Lewis, who of course was, was a born-again Christian and has written lots of great um, Christian books, um, as well as written, writing the Narnia books, which are all about helping children to understand the gospel, and um, particularly Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and uh, out of the seven books he wrote in total for kids. Anyway, and I'm sure many of you know the story of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but in that situation... Um, and there's is a witch there and she's made it always winter and it kind of looked beautiful because it's covered in snow and just looked lovely but it was always says it was always winter and never christmas so it was just always just an ongoing winter it was just always cold it was always snowing there was and there was never any there was never any life it was kind of never any kind of the hope of christmas and but and there was also kind of no springtime either you know and it's lovely when it snows isn't it but if it was just constantly doing that 365 days a year i don't think it'd be long before we got fed up with it and there's a great um, just, just, just uh, you know, quotation from that. You know, there's a great lion that lives there. He's the, you know, representing Jesus. Um, you know, in the land of Narnia, and it's and he's got Aslan, um, and and there's a great um, kind of quote from that. It's just that Aslan is on the move, and what starts to happen is is is, is Aslan is on the move, and as Aslan the lion as he comes into the land of Narnia, the snow starts to melt. As the snow, and the further he goes into the land of Narnia, the more and more it melts. And if you've seen the movie or, or read the book, you kind of know what starts to happen. And, yeah, so the snow, snow melts, the witch is losing her power, you know, and you know, daffodils start to grow and, and grass starts to appear and ferns start to grow and trees start to have uh, leaves again and kind of springs, you know, springs on its way. You know, and that's, that's what God wants to do this year. Maybe it's maybe some situations in your life where it's felt like winter. You know, we're physically in winter right now. Um, you know, maybe it's some situations in your life that felt like winter, but God is wants to do some, do some great stuff in you. God wants to do some amazing stuff in you. Amen? Because Aslan is on the move. God is on the move. When, it's, when, it's God and it, when the Holy Spirit is moving and the river of God, it brings, it brings life and it brings hope. You know, spring is on the way. I'm not talking about in a physical sense, although it's true. <laughs> spring will be on the way in March. But spring is on the way. Life life is on the way. The winter will be over. Some situations in your life, maybe you've been believing for for years. Let's believe together the winter will be over. God is on the move. The river of God is coming to bring, to bring life and to bring fruit. Never underestimate what God can do in your situations. Never underestimate the new life that he can bring. Amen. So what are you believing for in 2021? It's kind of just the last thing I want to leave you with. What are you believing for this year? Let's be believing God for just incredible things. Let's believe in God to build our build the house of our life. Let's believe in God to build, to do great things in our household. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's be believing God to do some amazing things through our church this year. Let's just rise up in faith, um, you know, during this time. Let's be trusting God during this time and all the difficulties that's going on in our world right now. Absolutely, let's be trusting God. Let's just be believing Him for good things. Let's be believing Him for, you know, that He's gonna just just the the, the year that the locusts have stolen. That God is gonna God is gonna restore. Another scripture says that He He's gonna restore and and redeem what locusts have stolen. He's gonna bring life. That He the Holy Spirit, His river of God is gonna flow 
and it's going to change its way, it's going to flow into our communities, flow into our lives, flow into our circumstances, and it's going to bring life from us and, be, and bring fruit. It's God's desire for us to be fruitful for him. There's a river of God flows in us. It can only bring fruit, amen, as it gets rid of all the deadness and all the kind of rubbish and the, the, the salt as it uses in Ezekiel and just brings life. It's a place full of marine life, full of plant life, and just look totally different, radically different, what God specialises in. Amen? So keep. I just encourage you just to keep believing God, keep trusting God. It's time of prayer and fasting. Write down some things that you're believing. If you haven't done this already, write down things you're believing God for, so things you can refer back to in the future. But God wants to do amazing things um, in your life. And to just see these circumstances changed in the mighty name of Jesus. I just want to pray, pray for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you are the great life giver. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you can change any situation. Lord, I thank you as your Holy Spirit, the river of God, moves in our lives, Lord. It brings it brings life. Lord, it brings it brings fruit. It completely and radically changes situations. You've already done that in us, Lord, because the old has gone and new has come spiritually. We're a brand new creation. Lord, and there's other circumstances in our lives where you want to bring life. Lord, so we just bring those before you where people are struggling with health situations or financial situations or issues in their family or maybe they're dealing with anxiety and fear or maybe just 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 yeah, just anxiety because of the current situation in our world. Lord, we just pray, Lord, you will just bring life in Jesus' name. Lord, if people are struggling in, in their mental health, Lord God, you will bring life in Jesus' name. Lord, you will bring provision in Jesus' name. Lord, you will bring change in Jesus' name. You will bring health in Jesus' name. Lord, as the river of God flows, you make a way in the wilderness and the streams in the wasteland. Lord, you will bring life. Lord, and you will bring fruit. Lord, the, the whole situation that may be just full of death right now, Lord, will just radically change, be full of life because of what, what you can do, Lord God, and what only you can do. Lord, we just look forward to what you're going to do in our church, in our own lives, Lord, in us as, as a church body and a church family, Lord, this year. Lord, you are so, so good. Lord, we just say that we keep our eyes, Lord, completely set and focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God is, God is so good. So we're going we're gonna to close there. So it's been great to connect with you this evening, and we're going to continue um, talking about building the house for the next uh, the next few weeks. So, yeah, please connect with us each each week. Um, that would be great. So you can just get all the thoughts that, that God's designed uh, to bring uh, to bring into your world. Continue to um, you get loads out of the time of prayer and fasting. Don't forget the prayer meeting next week. And of course, loads of great stuff um, going on um, during the week as always. But yeah, God bless you. And yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye.